Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Genesis chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 17. Um, and I'm starting in the middle of the story for the sake of time, but this was when, you know, Lot was living in Sodom and uh, the five kings got together and came and uh, overcome all the kings. And er Abraham got word, so he took his 300 men and went and conquered the kings. Conquered, took a lot and all the captives and brought them back to where they lived. And this is him on his way back. Genesis 14, 17. Amen. It is good to see you, Scott Bamberg, and you, Nisha. Let's just give the Lord a hand praise. They moved off up the country. He said this was still home. Oh, huh? Uh, Amen. Are you with me? And it says, and if you don't have your Bible or whatever, you can follow on the screen. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him, talking about Abraham, after his return from the slaughter of cheddar cheese. <laughs> and of the kings, I'm hungry, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem. And Melchizedek, King of Salem. You just need to remark that right there. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread. Somebody shout bread. And wine. Amen. He spread a communion table, if you will. He brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of what? What a man. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram, the most high of the most high God, possessor of. Somebody shout it. Possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God, which has what? Delivered thine enemies into your hand. And he did what? And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Just give me all my people back, but you take all the goods to yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from, I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you say, I have made Abram rich. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 7, verse number 1. Hebrews 7 and 1, for the sake of time, just look at the scripture with me. It says, uh, going to give you a little idea about this Melchizedek. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abram, Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also he is the king of Salem, which means he is the king of 
peace. He's without father. He's without mother. He's without descent, meaning he has no genealogy. Who's that sound like to y'all? Sounds like Jesus to me, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but he was made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now, consider how great this man was. Now, consider how great this man was unto whom even the greatest man on the planet, the patriarch Abraham, gave the tenth of the spoils. Are y'all ready this morning? We're going to run fast, but are you ready to receive? Amen. As uh, the pastor over this house, or one of them anyway, I gave you a prophetic word on January, I think it was the fourth, was our first Sunday together, that this year would be a year of prosperity, a year of success, and a year of addition. Amen. And then we taught you the scriptures on what was required for you to turn this year into a year of success, a year of prosperity, not just financially, but in your life. And we taught the message, amen, out of Matthew chapter number six, where Jesus said, if you'll set your affections on things above, if you'll lay up your treasure on things in heaven and not on earth, God said, I'm going to add to your life. Y'all remember that teaching? He said, if you'll just reshift your focus this year, I'm going to reshift your whole life. Amen. Look to your neighbor and tell them, it's all about focus. You think God's got to change a whole lot of situations in your life when in reality, all he needs to change is your focus. And if you will focus on him first, somebody shout first. I feel like something's going to happen in this building today, amen. If uh, He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and I'll start adding the things to you you're working so hard to get. Amen. That is the desire of God. So uh, my goal as the pastor of this church uh, uh, is to lead you into a place where you begin to experience the abundance of God in your life. Are you ready to go there? Amen. So we started off this year. Y'all pray for me. I'm emotional right now, okay? I don't know why. I just feel God in this place. Amen. We started this year off with a message on priorities. And we titled that message, Refocus, all right? And we learned that if we will seek him first, he's, he's going to start adding, amen? I need you to shake your neighbor just a little bit and tell him it's a year of addition. Wake up, Taylor, and tell him it's a year of addition, amen? If you don't believe that, if you don't change your expectation, you're going to let last year rob you of the abundance of this year, amen? It's a brand new year. Are y'all with me? Amen. Well, today, I want to teach you. We've dealt with that. Today I want to teach you how we can put God first in our finances. How many needs a financial blessing? Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, I want to know you. I want to get to know you. I want you to be my friend. Amen. Uh, we, we can all use a blessing in our finances. Amen. Uh, but, but here's how I really want to state that. How many would like to see God to add to every area of your life through your finances? Amen. This really, amen, I hope you don't let your mind go there. This message today has nothing to do with money. You're going to find that hard to believe, but I'm telling you, amen. So according to the word of God, one of the primary avenues of God's blessing on the believer is through your tithing. 
Malachi, let me read you a scripture. Malachi chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 10. God said, amen, in 10, we'll start in 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Amen. Bring it where? Where is the storehouse? God's house, amen. The tithe don't belong to anybody else. It's not a gift you give somebody else. You can give your offering to somebody else. But he said, your tithe, bring it to the storehouse. So it can be done what Kobe talked about, taking up the offering, amen. Listen, this scripture is phenomenal. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse that they may be meat. Where? Because the storehouse is God's house, Right? It's the depository. It's where God uses his people to begin to distribute what the body brings. Can you say amen? But here's what's awesome. And he said, and prove me now herewith. That is phenomenal. God said, let me challenge you, big boy. Prove me with your money. Prove me with your tithes and see what I'll do in your life. He said, said the Lord of hosts. He said, see if I will not open up to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Amen. Verse number 11, I love it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I just need the devil rebuke for me sometimes. How about you? Amen. God said, prove me. Just put me to the test. I don't mind. Try it out by experience is what the word prove means. Amen. Uh, by experiment, I meant. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. God said, when you give one-tenth to my house, I'll pour my blessing on your house. Amen. I will, I'm just preaching the word, okay? I will rebuke the devourer, he said. I'll bless your occupation to the point that your peers, amen, will even call you blessed. But there seems to be a controversy about tithing. Are you okay this morning? There, there seems to be a controversy about tithing. Should we as New Testament believers tithe or is tithing just something the law required? There seems to be a confusion about that or even uh, I want to answer some of these questions this morning. What is a tithe? Amen. Well, the word tithe actually means in the Hebrew a tenth. Or 10%. Why 10? Why 10? Why not 12? Why not 15? Why not what the government asked for? About 20. Amen. Why 10? Amen. Well, our entire numerical system is summed up in 10 digits. That's as far as you can count is to 10. Amen. That's as far as our numerical system goes. After 10, it just starts over again. 20 is just two 10s. Are you with me? 30 is just three tens. 100,000 is just 10,000 tens. So what I'm trying to show you is the tenth represents the whole. So when we give our tithe, we're saying that the whole of what I have is because of God's grace in my life. 
Can I get a witness right there, somebody? The Bible says that the first fruits, I ain't got time to teach all that, but the first fruits are to be set apart as holy unto God. God started this in the book of Exodus when he killed all the firstborn of the Egyptians because they wouldn't let his people go. Amen. He said, because I killed all the firstborn from this moment on in my house, all the firstborn is going to be sanctified holy unto me. He said, I want your first kid. I want your first goat. I want your first lamb. I want your first ear of corn. I want your first... Are you listening to me? Everything, the first fruit comes to me as an offering because it acknowledges I am your source over your children. I'm the source over your finances. I'm the source over your garden. Amen. And he said, when you put me first, I start rebuking the devourer that's eating everybody else's crop. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you, God don't need your babies. He don't need your corn. I don't even know if he likes corn. Amen. He, 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 don't, he don't need your money. All he needs you to do is put him in proper position so he can start rebuking the things in your life that's robbing you. Oh, my God. Tell your neighbor, it ain't about money. Amen. The Bible says that the first fruits are to be set apart as holy unto the Lord. When we set aside the tenth unto God as holy, then we're regarding everything I have as holy. Amen. Thank God. He only required ten cents on the dollar. He left me ninety cents, but because I gave the ten cents, my ninety cents is holy unto the Lord. And God can't bless it if it's not holy. The next question is, is tithing an Old Testament institution established under the law (coughs) which was done away with? Well, here we are in the book of Genesis. Approximately, I don't know, I couldn't figure it out. Approximately three to four hundred years before Moses and the law. And Abraham was just returning from a battle where he supernaturally, by the help of God, conquered multiple kings and freed the prisoners they had taken. And as he was returning the captives and all their stuff to Gomorrah, what a man, this Abram. 300 men just conquered five kings and all their armies. Why? Because God blessed it. Amen. So he was returning the captives and all their stuff to Sodom and Gomorrah and the kings thereof come running out because they had been captives in their own kingdoms. And these and with these kings came this mysterious king called Melchizedek. Never heard of him. Never saw him. There wasn't no such thing as, as, as a priest or an Israeli king up until this point, and here this mysterious king that was unlike any other walks out. Oh my God. Hebrews said this king was without mother. He was without father. He didn't have a genealogy. He didn't have beginning of days or ending of days. He wasn't a descendant of another king. The kingdom wasn't handed Amen. He didn't even have a geographical location over which he was king. But he walked out as king and Abraham recognized him. Feel him in this place. This king was not from this world. And not only was he uh, a king, the Bible says he was a priest. 
Amen. You couldn't even be king and priest. It was illegal. Amen. You either had to be a king or you had to be a priest. And he just breaks all protocol because he's done stepped into the New Testament. Here's the New Testament king and priest. And he walks right out there in front of him. Amen. He said, the scripture says, amen, he was the king of Salem. Now, Melchizedek is two words. Melech, which means royal king. Chedek, which means morally perfect and righteous. In other words, his name was not just who he was. His name is what he is. Oh my God, is anybody in here? Amen. He is the king of righteousness. He's not just righteous. He's the king of righteousness. He is morally perfect and pure. Amen. And what I love is this king was not just the king of a geographical location, but rather this king was king of a state of being. His domain was complete peace. He said, that's what I rule. I don't have bricks and stones and walls and a castle to live in. I'm the king of peace. And everywhere I rule and reign, there is perfect peace. This, my friend, was without contradiction Christ personified. Abraham saw him. Now I know why that the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it was as if Abraham had saw the one that he dedicated his son to. You want to know why Abraham didn't have no problem laying Isaac on an altar of sacrifice? Because he stood before the king of kings and the Lord of lords while he was still Abram. He hadn't even been changed to Abraham and he saw the son of God. Abraham was the patriarch of faith. And Paul identified Abraham, stay with me now, is, I'm answering your question, is, is tithing an Old Testament principle. Paul identified Abraham in Romans 4.16 as the father of us all. He's the father of faith. We are the sons of Abraham. Can I get a witness? Amen. Can I tell you right now? Moses was the father of the law, but Abraham was called the father of faith. Nowhere in your Bible are we called the sons of Abraham, uh, Moses. Nowhere in your Bible are we the seed of Moses because Moses was the begetter of the law. And we are not sons of the law. We are the sons of the free woman, not the bondwoman. And our fatherhood of faith goes all the way past Moses 400 years. And we are the sons of Abraham. Isn't it amazing that even the, the religious sect in the New Testament who was so proud of their legalistic law said we are the sons of Abraham even under the law they admitted we're not the sons of Moses we're the sons of Abraham so now based on how great a man Abraham was Hebrews writer said <coughs> consider how great this Melchizedek was whom Abraham bowed down and paid a tenth. He said he must have been the greatest thing <laughs> that ever stepped on the planet because great people only honors those greater than them. Abraham's response to the one he recognized as the source of his strength and the reason of his victory was the giving of the tenth. 
I'm going to say that again. Abraham's response, amen, if tithing was a legalistic law, it would be a duty. It would be unreasonable. But there was not a law that you gave a tenth to those that greater than you. No, sir, Abraham didn't respond out of a law chiseled in, in stone somewhere. Abraham wasn't responding because someone taught him you're supposed to give a tenth. It was the natural response to someone who just delivered your life back to you and delivered hundreds of thousands of slaves. And the natural response was to give a tenth of everything he won in honor of a superior being who made it happen. That's where Tithes was born. It wasn't born because you've got to give 10%, but our father Abraham set a precedence, a generational precedence of what worship looks like as it relates to your finances. See, you missed it. That's why we don't come take your offering. Amen. That's, that's legalistic and that's a law. No, tithing is not giving. Tithing is worshiping. I wish somebody could get this message, amen. Tithing is worshiping. It's bowing before God, amen. And you said it was my sweat that done it. Yeah, where'd you get the sweat? It was my strength that done it. Where'd you get the strength? It was my ability that made that check. Where'd you get the ability? Because God, he never inhales. He just exhaled once and he's never stopped exhaling again. Because if, if God would exhale, that would mean he's not God. That he has to depend on something coming into him. So he never inhales. He just exhales. And when he exhales, Adam become a living soul. You're not you're alive because God is exhaling into your life and if he ever you would die so why would we not dance to the front you like that why would we not dance to the front with 10 cents on a silly dollar and bow before a superior and say had it not been for the grace of God I wouldn't have had it to give Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise in this place. Tithing is not about money. I said tithing ain't about money. It's about worship. It's about worship. It ain't got nothing to do with Moses. It ain't got nothing to do with the law. They just picked it up because they knew as a principle that Father Abraham established, amen. And how did he establish it? By the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Tithing was never. See, what tithing does is it establishes. I'm tired of fighting over tithes. Y'all don't hear money from me but one time a year, and it's in January. Amen. You probably won't hear nothing else from me. Amen. Because if I got to beg you to give it, keep it. Well, no, let me rephrase that. Bring it on. We'll take it. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because it's no longer worship if I've turned it into a law. It's no longer worship. Amen. And no wonder he said God loves a cheerful, worshipful giver. Amen. It's an acknowledgement between you and God. And the thing that's the closest to your heart is your living. It's your finances. Can I get a witness? Amen. Money answers all things. And we want to worship him with our mouth and close our wallets. It's because we hadn't had the encounter of Abram. Look what he did. Can we go deeper? 
So pay in tithes establishes and recognizes superiority. It honors a superior as your source of strength. That's what tithing does. Amen. It honors. God don't need your money. He did say bring it so there'd be meat in my house. The only reason he would need it is because he's got children it needs to be distributed to. Amen. He's got people he wants to bless, if you will. Amen. But tithing is not about your giving. It's about your worship. You can't enjoy the first 30 minutes of our, uh, uh, I'm going to put it this way. The first 30 minutes of our worship is hypocritical if I fail to worship when it's time to give. Tithing was never a matter of the law. It was initiated a hundred years before Moses and the law. Tithing was a matter of recognizing and acknowledging I can't walk without him. I can't breathe without him. What do you mean I can't afford my tithes? Get behind me, devil. I can't afford not to take my tithes because he could take my breath. Amen. Uh, and, and God's not going to kill you if you don't pay your tithes. I don't guess. I don't know. Ask him. Amen. All I'm saying is, amen, when you realize, amen, every ounce of strength in me is because God spoke to me. God spoke me into existence, should I say. Amen. And my whole life belongs to him. My God, all 100% belongs to him. And I want to hold on to my measly 10%. And people who can't afford to pay tithes will never be able to afford to pay tithes because you don't have a watcher over your finances. You don't have a rebuker to rebuke the devourer over your finances. And it don't matter how much you end up making, there's always a grub worm or a caterpillar that eats up your profit. Oh, let's go, let's go deeper because this ain't about money. No, sir. Tithing was a matter of acknowledging that you, O oh God, you are my strength, you are my source, you're all that all that I have is because of you. I don't know what your financial status is, but if you're on a government check, amen, if you barter with groceries every week, if I was you, amen, somebody gave me 10 oranges, I'd give one of them. <laughs> I'd just bring an orange and put it in here. Are you listening to me? I said, I'd bring a banana and I'd put it in this offering plate right here. Why? Because it's acknowledging I wouldn't have got them nine other bananas if I hadn't got... I'm tired of preachers beating people over the head with a legalistic message on tithing. No, it's about worship. This tithe is that I'm giving. It's my conviction and my acknowledgement that all I have, it really belongs to you, God. Can I get a witness on that from somebody? No, do y'all really believe that? Do you really believe that or you just think you're that smart? You just think you're that good. You think you're that tough. Amen. You, you, you just think you've done it all by your own strength. No, sir, the time's not about law. It's about worship. It's about recognizing the king of Salem. Shalom. The king of peace. <laughs> so you see, it's really not even about money. It's about you putting God first in your faith. Abraham tithed by faith, not by law. 
He's the father of faith. He, so, so he can add the things. And when you tithe by faith, God said, I'll add things you need to your life. Not, uh, uh, no, it's not about the money. It's about you considering how great a king our king is and acknowledge it by the giving of your tithe. I'm going to read this old scripture. I, 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 I've been beat up with it so much I hate to even read it, but it's in your Bible, Malachi 3 and 8, just to make a point. <laughs> it says, will a, uh, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, worrying have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. When God said, Based on what I've just taught you, when God said, you have robbed me, he wasn't even talking about the money. He was talking about the honor and the glory that is due his great name. Amen. God said, you don't think that I can't reach in the earth and pull out hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gold and silver? He said, it's not about that. He said, I've given you the tithe to give you an opportunity, amen, to step into a blessed life Amen. By acknowledging who I am. I always wondered why in the temple, when Jesus started tearing the temple apart and turning the money uh, tables over, they were, they were selling and buying sacrifices. Amen. And Jesus made a peculiar statement. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer and you've made it a den of thieves. And I thought they weren't stealing anything. They were buying and selling sacrifice. And God began to show me. He said, yeah, but it was sacrifices they were supposed to prepare at home. It's sacrifices that they were supposed to set apart all year. Amen. Because of honor. Them coming to the house and throwing down 10 cents and saying, give me a turtle dove. He said, they're not robbing me of money. They're robbing me of the glory that is due my name. When we fail to tithe, we're robbing God of the glory that's due him. And the reason it's called Robin is because it's his to begin with. The glory. It, don't, it, it ain't a matter if you want to glorify God. He said, my position demands it. And if we understood our position as it relates to God, it would be a free will offering and not a duty. Amen. Come on, can we go a little further for a few more minutes? Uh, verse 10 said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that they can be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up to you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that they shall not be room enough to receive it. And he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Somebody ought to highlight that in your Bible. God said, if you'll just put me back in my position, and I meditated on that, amen, and I'm going to say something that, 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 that you might find a little sacrilegious, but if you'll think about it, because I prayed it through and thought about it when the Holy Ghost spoke to me, amen. He said, when you worship me in the tithing, you position me in the position of authority over your life. So, so I'm in position to do some rebuking. He said, but when you fail to honor me, you dethrone me, and I no longer have the authority to rebuke for you. 
I said, oh my God. Thank you, Scott. The prophet just said I was right. Amen. I thought, oh my God, you always, always all-powerful God. He said, oh yeah, I'm always all-powerful. Amen. But you reduce my power when you reduce my superiority. So it's, it's like when you refuse to worship me in your finances, you take me off the throne and you put your money ahead of me. And he said, your money has no way to rebuke the devourer. It's susceptible to the devourer. He said, but if you'll put me back up there, I'll do what I do because I'm the king of peace. You can have all the money in the world, but if it's on the throne, you don't have, it don't mean you have peace. My God, he said, I just want to meddle with this stuff and I don't have time. The scripture proves there is a destroyer, right? He said, I'll rebuke the devourer and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vines cast forth her fruit. He said, when you're in control yourself, your, your vines may produce the fruit too early and the frost to get them or, or, or that may come too late and they'll be hard. He said, but if you'll put me first, I'll speak to that grapevine. I'll speak to that boss. I'll speak to that job. I'll speak to that situation, amen. And I'll say, oh no, oh no, oh no. And when that caterpillar starts trying to cut the root of your financial security, he said, I'll rebuke that caterpillar. God speaks caterpillar. Don't he? He speaks well. Did y'all know God speaks well? W-H-A-L-E. He told that whale, go swallow Jonah. He'll speak to it. Tell your neighbor, he'll speak to it. He'll speak to it. But he can only speak from the throne of your life. Hey! Oh, it's easy to dance in here. And it's easy to do our little jig in here. And it's easy, amen. But let me tell you, the deepest form of worship is when I reach in that wallet and I give him a tenth of everything. And when I walk from this altar, I'm walking off saying, it's all holy now. It's all sanctified now. It's all in the hands of God now. And I have seen it in my life. Even when it got real thin, God would stretch it. Huh? Can I get a witness? Even when it got thin, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm not saying some man didn't walk up and give me something. But God had to have a man. Are you listening to me? Huh? Tell your neighbor, if you're a tither, you can rest. You can rest. He'll stretch a dollar a country mile. Huh? So the scripture proves that the destroyer, and he's out to destroy your stuff. God said, do the tithing, I'll do the rebuking. <laughs> he said, you just keep worshiping, and I'll keep fighting for you. Can I help you right now? You can't afford not to tithe. I mean, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. Because it repositions God in my finances so that he can work the thing. I'm not even saying, amen, a lot of you need to start tithing and then you need to get uh, some good advice on how to handle the 90. 
<laughs> Amen. For the most part, I've seen of Christians, they don't have a money problem. We have a stewardship problem. So if you saw the tithe as holy and the 90 was holy, you'd quit blowing it on them sonic coats. No, just kidding, Scott. Keep buying coats. I'm trying to lead you into a year of prosperity in addition, but you can't go into this year with old mindsets and expect a better year. Somebody say, teach, pastor. He said, all the nations are going to call you blessed. You shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. You know why I believe Life Church is so blessed? It's because she's a giver. She's a giver. She gives locally. She gives on both sides of the earth. Amen. She's a giver. We just expanded our giving on into Allah. Amen. Are you listening to me? Because she believes in giving. Oh, that's a whole nother message. Amen. Are you, let me tell you, this putting God first in the Old Testament has a New Testament equivalent, and it's Matthew 6, 33. But seek you. Somebody shout first. Amen. You know what that means? That don't mean I divvy all my bills and I, and I worship Uncle Sam with his 18, 19, 20%. Amen. And I worship everything else. And if anything's left, I might give God a little tip. Amen. No, sir. He said, I want the first child. I want the first ear of corn. Why? Because your first fruits was you've been all winter without, uh, they lived on their gardens. So you've been all winter without any food and probably your supplies have come down to nothing so when he said I want your first fruits that means the very first harvest went to God Amen. You know how much faith that took? Amen. It's saying, God, we're going to give you this first crop so if you don't bless this second cutting, we're in trouble that's what worship looks like that's what worship oh my God the Lord, this is going to hurt but you come off the top. And when I give off the top, he gets back on the top. Oh my God, I got about six minutes. Tithing is putting God first in my finances. It's acknowledging God is my superior. He is my strength. He is my source. All that I have belongs to him. I acknowledge it by paying tithe. If you live in a divided household where you're the money maker, <coughs> The primary moneymaker is not a believer and does not pay tithes. You can't do anything about that, amen. But if God ever blesses you with a dime, you ought to give a penny of it, amen. If God ever gives you anything else, because you know what? Another thing about the tithe is there's no big tithers in the church and there's no little tithers in the church. Yep. Everybody's got the same worship and it's 10%. 10% hurts a man that's making $1,500 a month just like it hits a man that's making $15,000 a month. Is anybody listening to me? I've literally had people tell me I'll take my tithes and go somewhere else. Bye. You want to know why? Because man is not the source God is. But don't never you believe that your tithe is bigger than the other. Amen. Or theirs hurts. Matter of fact, I found it easier to tithe when I was making $300 a week than when I started making $3,000 a week. That $30 check was a whole lot easier to write than that $300 check. See, some of you, God can't bless you because you're struggling with that little tithe. You won't, uh-uh, I ain't got time for that. 
And Melchizedek, king, I got to get this point in here before we run. We're going to leave before we, we ain't even going to say hi to y'all. I'm leaving. I got to go do a funeral. And Melchizedek, that guy, that awesome guy, Jesus, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Somebody say bread and wine. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed Abram and said, Blessed Abram, you are of the Most High God, who is the possessor of heaven and earth. Did you notice the other kings offered Abraham all that material stuff? But Melchizedek offered him bread and wine. Isn't that cool? All of the... <coughs> all of the spoil they offered him. All of that lucrative campaign. And the king of kings stood there with bread in one hand and wine in the other. Amen? And the bread represented Christ who is the bread of life and the wine represented the spirit of the living God. And because Melchizedek chose the bread and wine over all the material stuff, Melchizedek said, you're blessed of God. Don't you dare bow to the temptation to hold on to filthy lucre. Get the bread. Take the bread. Take the wine. Take the Christ. He chose the Christ over that filthy lucre. Wow. And not only, let me, let me get this to you and I'm gone. So not only did the bread and wine represented Christ and the spirit, it represented two realms. The bread represented an earthly realm and the wine represented a heavenly realm. Amen. So when we tithe, are you listening to me? And heaven and earth belongs to God. So when I tithe, God said, I'll bless you in this realm and I'll bless you in that realm. Yeah, you may be able to bless me financially, but you can't bless me spiritually. But he said, it's, somebody say it's the 10 cents on the dollar. For 10 lousy cents, God said, I own heaven and earth and I can bless you in both realms. I don't want to be just blessed financially. I want a spirit blessing to go with it. Can I get a witness from anybody? Huh? I'm like you. I want more money. I want more money. <laughs> Who don't? But I tell you this, I don't want it at the expense of sacrificing spiritual blessings that you can't touch me with. A peace that only God can bring into my life. Uh, maybe it was him that made the washing machine last as long as it did. Maybe it was him that made them old tires last as long. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. He's got a way of strength. I don't know. Maybe I'd have been in the hospital last week if it hadn't been that God rebuked a devourer on my part. Is anybody listening to me? I don't know how much he blesses me. All I know is I worship and he rebukes. And he's done it all my Christian life. All my Christian life, he's rebuked. So it says in Hebrews 13, 15, got one minute till 12 o'clock. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to the name. When we offer the sacrifice of praise to God with our mouth, it's called the fruit of our lips. When we offer the sacrifice of praise to God with our money, it's called the tithe. It's worship. We're milling around here, visiting, talking, dropping our money. And God is saying, looking at them worshipers. Look at them worshipers. And if you need it, I don't. 
I don't need a New Testament scripture because I am a child of Abraham and he started this presidency before Moses was ever thought of. And it's my way of acknowledging you are God. But Jesus, the incarnate God, now in flesh and blood, said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, but you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. He said, These you ought to have done and not to leave the others undone. He said, yeah, you paid tithe all right, but you forgot to love people. You forgot, you forgot to bring judgment into my house, and you forgot to bring mercy in my house. He said, you paid tithes all right, and that you ought to have done. He said, but I'm rebuking you because you didn't love well. The word ought means necessary. It means to behoove. It means to be held or bound in duty or moral obligation. Jesus literally said it is a moral obligation to pay your tithe. If it is a moral obligation, then I can understand the extreme language of you would rob me. Understand what I'm saying? If it's a moral obligation, then I can understand why he would say, you've robbed me by not fulfilling your moral obligation. Stand with me all over this place. Now this is not an altar call to where I can say, if you're not paying tithes, come up here, I'm going to pray for you. I think that would be quite embarrassing. And, and I'm not that preacher who's going to beat you up and say you're a God robber. <laughs> I heard one preacher preaching on tithes right now. He said, hey, one of them cars out there in the parking lot, you stole them. You stole that purse you're carrying. <laughs> he said, you stole them because you stole the money from God. I've never liked that. I, never, I don't talk about money. Y'all know I'm your pastor. Y'all ever hear me preach on money? This will be the last time. But the more I studied this, I thought, am I doing you a disservice? Maybe you don't understand why everything you get accumulated gets ate up. Maybe you don't understand why that it don't matter what job you get, it's never enough. If you'll learn to tithe, you can take a whole lot less and do a whole lot more with it. Can you can I get a witness, Taylor? So I'm not obligating you to the tithe, but I am obligating you to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've preached nothing but the truth. That somebody's about to take another step of faith this week and you're going to enter another realm of worship and it's going to be with your tithe. But let me tell you something about it before I pray you out of here. You can't. God said... Try me, big boy. Ain't God bad. Just try me. But tithing is such a step of faith, you can't give it a trial run. It's got to become your lifestyle. 
it's got to become a lifestyle to where I so honor him, I fear dishonoring my superior by not honoring him with what he blessed me with. When it's that way, you keep right on tithing. And you keep right on tithing. And every time you tithe, you hear me, God said, I'm going to start rebuking a devourer in your life. I didn't look up the statistics, but it's probably less than 10% of a body this size is what keeps a body like this going because nearly 90% do not tithe. And I think a lot of it because we don't understand it, that it draws the blessing. If this church would start 100% tithing, we'd never have to do another fundraiser. We'd never have to take another offering. No, no, no. God would bless it beyond measure. Are you ready to receive? And, and it can be a fearful thing because it's your money. It can be a fearful thing to write that check when I know all of that has got to be paid. That was them when they would bring their first offerings of food. They were saying, oh my God. But either he's God or he's not, y'all. Can I pray over you and we got to hit the road? Father, I love you, Lord, because you've given us the opportunity to worship you in the tithe. Just the 10 cents on the dollar that represents the whole of all that I have. I thank you for it and I pray over the believers right now that you are encouraging to step into a 2020 an eye-opening year of revelation that produces blessing. We have received the revelation of the word <laughs> excuse me this morning. Now God give your uh, you told us in Joshua be courageous, be strong be of good courage, take that step and Father, you're going to give them that courage and they're going to begin to see you rebuke things that used to devour them in their life. I declare it over this church and we accept it in the name of Jesus. If this body receives this word today, I want you to shout amen. amen. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.